Today, as we do every week, we are talking about everything you never knew you wanted to know about Japanese food. And I hear that there's been a bit of a scandal in the Fuji household. Is this right, Rachel? Yes. I'm ashamed. What's happened? Well, it's kind of appropriate since it has to do with our topic today. I'm so ashamed. I can't believe I have to publicly admit this. But after I made squirrels onigiri yesterday, somehow I didn't get the lid to the rice cooker closed. Yeah. Do you see where this is going? Oh, my. So, and somehow I didn't really notice this. I've just, I've never done this. Mm -hmm. So, I I don't know how I did it. Because usually this whole process is so automatic. I don't know how I did this. But... By the time I realized it, it was when I was getting home from picking up Squirrel from school. Mm -hmm. And she walks in the door, and what is the first thing she says? Let me guess. I want an onigiri? Almost. She said, Mommy, I want a snack. (laughs) I said, okay, what do you want? Then what did she say? Onigiri. Yes. I said, okay. (sighs) Don't promise a five-year-old something (laughs) and then not be able to follow through. Because I walked over to the rice cooker, and there it was, open. And there was the rice, in no condition to be made into an onigiri. So here goes mean mommy, turning to her five-year-old, saying, I am so sorry, but mommy ruined the rice. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really hard for a five-year-old to logically understand and accept something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I've already told her that she can have an onigiri. Mm. And now I'm taking it back. <laughs> Anyways, I'm a mean mom. <laughs> but on to happier things. <laughs> so today we are talking about rice. Again. Again. <laughs> you may remember that we talked about rice last week. However, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to rice. Da, 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 da. <laughs> a lot to talk about. And, uh, yeah, we're kind of people who talk a lot. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely not. Which means that we talked a little too long for one episode, so we had to cut it into two. Otherwise, you would have been listening to, like, a multi-hour episode last week. Or we would have been cutting out good stuff. Yeah, and we wouldn't want to do that. So this is a good thing. Yeah. This is totally good for you. Because these two, these two episodes, part one and part two, are completely awesome. Totally awesome. And As we came everything up with a name. Do. We came yes! up with a name. You came up with a name. Our taco mascot. So we will reveal that at the end of today's episode. So you have to sit here and listen to the whole thing. Ha ha ha! <laughs> I'm so mean. <laughs> We're awesome. I mean, I, I would hope that's your plan anyways. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> you think there are people out there who weren't planning on listening to the entire episode? No, definitely not. Academic probation. 
academic Seriously. probation for all of you who were not planning on sticking around for class today. Detention. Or Extra detention. homework. Or as my mother used to say, 50 lashes with a wet spaghetti noodle. Oh, that's serious. Yeah. Or in this case, 50 lashes with a wet soba noodle. You better watch it. She might bring out her rice paddle. Uh, yes. <laughs> I have several. Some are plastic. Some are made of bamboo. All of them are wielded by me. You better watch out. Don't mess with me. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so. Rice. So how is rice grown? Okay, so we've talked about how in Japan it's grown differently than California because mm-hmm. in California it's grown in dry fields. But we didn't really talk about how except for seeing rice patties, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, so the way it works is in Japan they start, they sprout seedlings in nursery beds and then when the rice gets to a certain point, they then transplant those sprouted seedlings to water-filled paddy fields during June because June is part of what they call the rainy, rainy season. So it's a, a good time to transfer these seedlings because you know that they're going to get lots of moisture and it's warm and, and rice needs a lot of warmth for it to grow properly. So they transplant all these seed- seedlings into these wet patties And so unlike California, where they are in a dry environment in Japan, they're grown in water. So kind of cool. And then the harvest is in the autumn. But we kind of mentioned before that it takes an entire community back in the day, an entire community. But now it takes more than just a farmer because it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of knowledge and skill and quite a bit of luck with the weather to be able to take those seedlings from nursery to actual harvest right it's a very finicky sort of crop yeah um i remember maybe i want to say a couple of years ago maybe last year there was like uh, i feel like there was a rice shortage i mm-hmm. don't know if it was japanese rice i don't think it was japanese rice i think it might have been jasmine if i remember correctly but there was definitely a big rice shortage just because their crops were not growing right yeah so all right, so once you have rice, you buy it from your store, since I'm guessing most of you are not going to the farms and the rice paddies and getting it yourself. So once you buy it from the store, how should you store your rice? Well, rice is best stored in an airtight container, and then that container should be kept in a cool, dark, and dry place and eaten as soon as possible. So even though your rice might keep for a while, it's going to taste better the newer it is. And um, that's kind of why they, the Japanese consider the flavor of the newly harvested rice, which is harvested in late autumn, to be the very best because it's as fresh as can be. Yes. So if you are a true rice connoisseur, you <laughs> should be able to tell the difference between newly harvested rice and not so newly harvested rice. Can you? I don't know. I... I <laughs> I would have to sit. It'd be interesting to do a taste test. It would be really interesting. Yeah, it's harder to do here in the states. Yeah, it's a lot easier to get access to different these different types of rice in Japan and and know that that's what you actually have. Because sometimes we put labels on things here <laughs> in the U.S. and it 
yeah. doesn't necessarily mean what you think it means. So maybe we should plan our uh, little field trip for autumn mm. and see if we can get some freshly harvested rice to do a taste test with. That would be pretty cool. That would be cool. All right. So if you can't get Japanese rice, what do you do? Well, isn't that a convenient question? Because I have an answer. <laughs> so there is a, uh, or there are certain Italian rices that can be used as a substitute if you don't have access to Japanese rice, or if you happen to do a lot of Italian cooking, it may be that you have some of these rices on hand and you can save yourself a bit of money by using those up before you go out and buy Japanese rice. So the rices that make a good substitute are the rices that you would typically use for making risotto, such as an arborio rice or a vialone. So if you can't find Japanese rice or you already have some of these rices on hand, they make an acceptable substitute. All right, so now I'm wondering, if you generally have Japanese rice on hand, could you use that for making risotto? Yes, you can. Oh, interesting. And, and again, well, not again, I haven't <laughs> said this yet, but in my head I have um, <laughs> like using the Italian rices for Japanese food it's not going to be exactly perfect but close enough that it, you're going to capture the essence of that dish um, same goes for risotto using Japanese rice it's going to be fabulous and it'll turn out it'll just be slightly different and I guess I, I actually did a post about this I, I compared four different risotto rices I'm making the same recipe, and each risotto was very different from the other other risottos out of the four rices. And so I guess it would just kind of be like those differences. You know, you use Japanese-style rice to make risotto, and it's just like, you know, another variation on that. That's good to know, because I always have Japanese rice on hand and never have Italian rices. Same here. And I've never made risotto before, but I've always wanted to. It's delicious. <laughs> well, that's good to know. All right. So that's kind of a good segue into our next question, which is how does one cook Japanese rice? The <laughs> best answer to that question is... How your mama taught you? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always good to learn the lessons that one's mother taught them but no actually that's not what I was going to say I was kidding I'm sorry I know you were it was kind of awesome my response that I was going to use before I was so really interrupted I'm just kidding I'm a I guess, person. did your mother not teach you not to interrupt people ha mm. mine did but I still interrupt you all the time sorry <laughs> sorry mom my response to your question was going to be this convenient appliance called the rice cooker. <laughs> yes. But it's more complicated than just that. I mean, you can't just dump the rice in the rice cooker and press cook. I mean, I guess you could, but... You could. And you it would could. actually produce... Well, you would need uh, water. <laughs> well, yeah. Water is dump a good the water thing and the rice in the rice cooker. Yeah. But it also depends on what kind of rice cooker you have. Because, I mean, with our fancy zojirushis... Like, it's got the little cup to show you how much rice to use. It's got the little lines on the side of the, the rice pot that say, that show you how much water you should use depending on how many cups you use. So that's, like, really easy, easy mindless, anybody could do it. And, you know, mo 
most rec- rice cookers these days come with those things. So that's um, good. I guess so. That's a good point. I'm just thinking back to the one that I grew up with, which and also the one that I got when I moved out to college were both very old Japanese style. Like the one that my mom uses, she has used since she was in college. So, I mean, it's well not old, old, but it's, it's lasted for a really long time. And it doesn't have any convenient lines and does not come with a little cup. So we Thus, kind of have our ways to measure. Yeah. How Thus, much rice. Yeah. These days. <laughs> <laughs> so the the other thing about a good quality rice cooker is that unlike cooking rice on the stovetop, where it's a lot easier to mess up and, you know, have parts of the rice that are overcooked so they're mushy and parts that are undercooked and hard all in the same pot (laughs) you know or you totally ruin the whole pot either way with a good rice cooker your rice turns out perfect every time yeah it's pretty much set it and forget it and oh look perfect rice and at least at our house I always make at least double the amount of rice I need for a meal Mm -hmm. because the rice cooker will keep it perfectly fresh like I just made it for a good 20 to 4 to 48 hours if not longer depending on what the weather's like that day and the type of rice I've used definitely so and because you know I make onigiri every day for squirrels bento and we eat a lot of Japanese food we need a lot of rice and if I had to make that rice on a frequent basis to have it fresh for what I needed it for I would lose my mind I, I, well, okay. I personally have never in my life cooked rice on a stovetop. What? I, I would not know how to do it because, I mean, I'm half Japanese. I grew up with a rice cooker. I got a rice cooker as soon as I moved out. I have never known life without a rice cooker. So I, I cannot imagine life without a rice cooker. We may be revoking your degree from university. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I guess I'm not Putting allowed to probation. do that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm academic probation. Uh, I guess I'm not allowed to do that, though, since you're a codeine. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm the wannabe is... Japanese, remember? Oh, that's true. This yeah. is an experience you need to have. I know. But it's just, like, one of those things that, oh, well, I have the rice cooker, so it never really happens. <laughs> just because we always have rice and... The rice cooker is so easy. But yeah, I, I definitely need to change this. Just so at least I know how the rest of you feel. <laughs> For those of you who don't have rice cookers. Yeah. yeah. Sad anyway. thing. Okay, so... Oh, rice cooker. It's kind of a big deal. In fact, our rice cooker even has a name. Okay, now you have to tell us. What is the name of your rice cooker? Her name is Zoe. <laughs> That's perfect. I love it. Because she's a zojirushi, which is the only type of rice cooker I will ever own. Because yes. they last for a million years and the quality is incredible. Yeah, we've had a couple of other types throughout the years. But I think um, we've had... Ever since we got the zojirushi, we've been so happy with it. Yeah, I think we've personally owned a tiger and oh, one of the ones made in the States, uh, maybe aroma or something like that yeah i think i've had an aroma and i have absolutely no idea what brand my first one was but i'm pretty sure it was japanese and old really old but oh oh my goodness (laughs) the other rice cookers that we've owned and that i've used 
at people's homes or whatever have not even compared to Zoji Dushi. Anyways, oh, yeah. but that's neither thing- here nor there. I'm totally <laughs> biased because I love them. Yeah, but the one thing is that Zoji Dushi can be pricey. Yeah, but you get what you pay for. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's totally worth it. 100% worth it. You know, it may be sometimes even double the price of the other brands. Mm-hmm. However, it's going to last at least three times as long <laughs> as yeah, the other machine. Definitely. And you will use it so often. I mean, if you're the kind of person who eats rice or who wants to make Japanese food on a regular basis, you will use it so much because it's just it's so easy and the keep warm <laughs> function is just so convenient because you can just go get rice anytime and it's fresh for you so and you know the other rice cookers we've owned i think they've all had keep warm functions mm, but, but most of them are not very good yeah no it <laughs> never kept the rice f- tasting fresh yeah like my Zoji Dushi does. And the quality of the end product, you know, mm-hmm. the, the texture and flavor and is consistently perfect in my Zoji Dushi where the other machines sometimes, if I wasn't really attentive to my prep, it, I yeah. could, you know, kind of suffered. <laughs> right, right. Anyways, sorry, did not mean to launch into a <laughs> a Zoji Dushi commercial, but <laughs> I do love them. I know, me too. And we love Zo. <laughs> She's like, you know, kind of... Part of the family. Has her own little center of attention spot in the <laughs> kitchen, so... Yeah, definitely. I don't know if my girls realize you can make rice another way. Well, that's how I grew up. As far as I was concerned, if you didn't have a rice cooker, you couldn't make rice. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't for very many years that until I realized that, oh, there's actually another way that anybody could make rice without this appliance. You know, the, the funny thing is, until 10 years ago, when we moved to Japan the first time, I had never used a rice cooker. I might have had rice out of a rice cooker, but I had never personally used one. And now it seems... Biz- I can't remember life without one. <laughs> but I, But I also... I have made rice on the stovetop many times since then, Japanese rice specifically, just so that I could understand the process. But I still <laughs> prefer to make it in my rice cooker. Yeah. Okay, so back to the technicalities of making or cooking rice. Yes. And I've heard that different people do this different ways. Yes. <laughs> and we will be talking a bit more about this in the future I think yes because <laughs> it, it actually can be kind of funny because people can be very um adamant very particular yes about their method uh, and what we're talking about is washing the rice <laughs> so okay essentially you want to wash the rice before you cook it just to get the surface starch off of the rice I mean if you look at like get a handful of Japanese rice, you'll see that it's got this little kind of white powder, not a ton, but just a little bit of white powder on the outside of each kernel. And you want to wash that off, not because there's anything dangerous about it, or, you know, it's not dirty or or it's not going to make you sick. Like, you it's could okay totally, to eat it. Yeah, you could totally cook it as is. Yeah, but, but. it kind of makes the rice better 
it's more tender, it's more flavorful, it looks glossier, it's moister, it's just generally better if you wash it. Yeah. And I'm not going to admit that I've totally been lazy and not washed it before. I'm not listening. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Nope. Definitely not. La 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 la. <laughs> Fingers in my ears. La 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 la. <sighs> Shame on you. I'm a horrible person, I know. Horrible. I'm totally not Japanese. And I am. Anyways, mm-hmm. so we'll we'll give you a kind of a basic version of what this might mean. <laughs> and again, <laughs> there are variations on this, but so the basic idea is that you put your rice in a in a large bowl and you cover it with cold water. You kind of stir and swish it around with your hand, and when you do this, the water becomes cloudy. So you drain the water off and you repeat that with fresh cold water until the water runs clear. Mm-hmm. So that is how you wash the rice to get that surface, blah, 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 that <laughs> surface starch off of the kernels. Or the, I mean the, yeah, whatever they are. Kernels, yeah. grains, something yeah. like that. Okay, so what's next? Well, when you're cooking rice, you have the rice and the water. And it does make a difference how much water you put in. If you have too much water, your rice is going to be mushy and soggy and just not good. If you don't have enough water, your rice will turn out dry and also not good. Because trust me, hard kernels of rice are not fun to eat. You just don't want them. Yuck. Yeah, it's not fun. So, you need to have the right ratio of water to rice. And if I'm remembering correctly, the technical ratio, I believe, is four parts water to three parts rice it's something Something like that that. but it changes depending on whether or not you soak your rice first Mm -hmm. so i learned that you rinse it and you drain it really really well and Mm -hmm. then you cover it with your cooking water at least if we're talking about white rice you cover it with your cooking water and you let it sit to soak for say 10 minutes before you start cooking it and if you do that you are going to use less cooking water than if you skip the soaking, then you have to add a little bit more water. But yeah, about four parts water, three parts rice sounds about right. The The first way I learned how to make Japanese rice, and there are a bunch of variations on this as well, and I'm curious to know your experience. The way I learned it, and I think this is pretty traditional for the Japanese housewife method, is they don't do a true measure. They wash their rice they put it into the rice cooker or the pan that they're going to cook it in Mm -hmm. and they add the water and they know they measure the amount of water by sticking either their hand or their thumb in. We did pinky finger. Pinky finger? Yeah. And you know you have enough water when it comes to a certain point, either on your hand, your thumb, or your pinky finger. Mm -hmm. And that's basically a third of an inch above the rice level. So this is problematic because everybody has different <laughs> size hand. So one person's technique wouldn't necessarily work for another person. But if yeah. you f- if you can figure out where that is on your one of your fingers or whatever, then you've mm-hmm. got a method that might work for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, between me and son, it would be so different. Yeah. <laughs> and... Yeah, so that's problematic. And that's, again, why the uh, rice cooker is good because it gives you all the tools to measure quickly and easily without any guessing. Mm -hmm. 
but here's where I start to admit things. Sometimes I don't measure when I use my rice cooker. <laughs> I still use my hand method. Not all the time. Maybe 50% of the time. Confessions of the Miso Hungry University Deans. Yeah. <laughs> the Miso Hungry University Deans tell all. Scandal that rocks the nation. Something like that. Allison has never cooked rice on the stovetop. <gasps> <gasps> Rachel still sometimes doesn't actually measure her rice and water when she cooks rice in her rice cooker. Tisk, tisk. <gasps> shock, shock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so speaking of uh, stovetop cooking, there is a fun little Japanese song that Ashley describes this cooking process for you. Yes. And it sounds something like this. It's Well, it's like a little poem or jingle or something. Um, I don't know if it actually has a tune that goes to it, but if there is, I don't know it. <laughs> but the words... Uh, the words are Hajime choro choro naka papa akagao ga naite mo futa which translates to mean at first it bubbles and then it hisses even if the baby is crying from hunger never remove the lid <laughs> and the whole reason you have this little rhyme is to help you remember kind of the things to watch for uh, and what to do and what not to do because when you're cooking rice on the stovetop you don't once you cover, once you put that lid on your pot, you do not want to remove it. And this little poem, song, jingle, thingamajigger helps you do that by giving you some things, kind of some markers to go by. So, hajime choro choro, at first it bubbles, uh, refers to you put your rice and water in your pot, uh, you know, you put your lid on, you put it over high heat and you bring the water to a rolling boil. Now, usually we're looking for a rolling boil by looking at how vigorously the water is boiling, right? Well, that would entail you removing the lid from the pot. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so at first it bubbles is the clue. And you'll know the water is boiling when you can kind of hear the bubbling noises and the lid kind of starts to dance, you know, like shake on the pot. So at that point, that's your clue that it's time to reduce the heat. So you reduce the heat to low and you continue to cook for about five minutes or until the next part of our little poem thingy, which is naka papa, which is, and then it hisses. So you'll know that you've been cooking it over low for long enough when you kind of hear a hissing sound or where like steam starts to escape from between the pot and the lid. And at that point, instead of removing the lid, and, and when this happens, what's happened in the pot is that m most of your liquid has been absorbed by the rice. And you know this from the hissing sound. So at this point, what you're going to do is you're going to bump the heat up again to high heat for about 30 seconds to kind of finish drying the rice off. And then you remove it from the heat. You still haven't removed the lid. And you let it sit tightly covered for at least 10 minutes. And this is why the little jingle goes on to say, and even if the baby's crying from hunger, never remove the lid. Because even though you're done with the stove at this point, that rice is not done. That last 10 minutes is critical because it you've got all the steam that's still trapped in there and it kind of self-steams and 
finishes cooking and that last 10 minutes of steaming will take the rice and move it to its kind of perfect final texture. So at that point, after you've patiently waited those 10 minutes, then you can finally remove the lid. But not before. (laughs) Or else I'll come with you, come after you with my rice paddle. (laughs) I will make sure not to remove the lid whenever I (laughs) cook rice on the stove for the first time. If you have to, because, you know, depending on your pot, you may have some trouble. So, you know, if you absolutely have to, just kind of crack the lid quickly, take a peek and really quickly put it back on. But seriously, it makes such a difference to never remove that lid because that way you're trapping all that heat and steam in there and that's, that's good. Good to know. All right, so now that we've talked about all of this information about rice... How do you eat it? I mean, aside from the obvious, a bowl of rice. Well, let's talk about that. (laughs) Because that is important. That's something that you get with a lot of Japanese meals, is just a plain bowl of rice. And we mentioned asa gohan, morning rice, hiru gohan, afternoon rice, and bangohan, or evening rice, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There, not only is that the terminology for those meals, but it also is kind of a significant because it indicates what you might be eating at that meal. And that is a plain bowl of white rice. That's what's traditionally served at each of the main meals is an individual bowl of rice. And then usually you have like a separate bowl of miso soup. And these two things make up the most basic Japanese meal. And then other dishes, you might have a bunch of other dishes, in fact. And no matter how elaborate they might be, how complicated and fancy, they are still considered as mere accompaniments to the rice. So it's no wonder that they're calling a meal, you know, your morning rice or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that plain bowl of white rice may sound a little boring, but it's really important. I mean, that's, that's how we grew up eating it, was we would just get plain rice and then eat it with whatever else we were having for dinner. That's how you do it. That's how Sun does it. (laughs) That is how it is done. Yes. All right. So some other ways that rice is eaten can include things like sushi or onigiri. Um, it also includes things like donburi, uh, donburi mono, which are big bowls of plain rice with different toppings and sauces as kind of a one bowl meal. So kind of our the American terminology that would fit would be like saying this is this is a Japanese rice bowl. Yeah. Rice with stuff on it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. We've talked about at least one of these before because we've talked about katsudon, the yes, we rice. Have. Yes. <laughs> rice topped with tonkatsu. Mm-hmm. But there are a ton of other kinds. Oh, yeah. There is oyako donburi, which is chicken and egg over rice. One of the ones I love is uh, gyudon, which is uh, like a thinly sliced sautéed beef over rice. Which I would say that, well, I don't know how widespread it is, but if you go to, um, oh gosh. Yoshinoya? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, beef bowl, that is gyudon. Yes. Can you find Yoshinoya all over the U.S., or is that just a California West Coast thing? I I'm actually don't sure. know. I don't know either. I mean, I know I've grown up with it here. And I know they have it in Japan, because I have eaten it in Japan. And because it is a Japanese company. Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) I don't know how widespread it is, if it's 
you can find Yoshinoya all over the United States or not. I don't know. But if, if you've had Yoshinoya, then you have had Gyudon. So you know it's good stuff. Total comfort food. Oh, yeah. What else okay. is there? Let's see. There's a dish called Gomoku Meshi, which is rice that's boiled with a bunch of small pieces of vegetables, um, usually five different kinds. And then sometimes people add bits of fish or chicken. And then there's Kayu, which is rice porridge. Um, this is often fed to babies as their very first solid food. And it is also given to the elderly, to pretty much anybody when you're sick, and also to pregnant women. And I don't know if I've had this, but I kind of want to compare it to like kanji. Yes, the same is, idea. Yes, same idea. Um, okay, then I've definitely had that. They actually, when I traveled to uh, Vietnam two years ago, Sun's family gave it to me on one day when I wasn't feeling well. They made that for me. Well, and it's kind of, kind of a joke almost. Well, not a, I don't know, <laughs> joke isn't the right word, but I, I remember so often talking to female friends in Japan, you know, who were had been sick or something, and they'd mm-hmm. talking. They had they would talk about all all the kayu they'd eaten, and and it was almost like the good part about being sick because you always lost weight. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, you're you're being really gentle with what you're feeding your body. But mm-hmm. if, if all you're eating is Caillou, then it's a pretty good way to lose weight. Yeah, <laughs> at least, at least for a few days. And then something that's uh, similar and related to Caillou is Zosui, which I love. And this is uh, also kind of like a rice porridge, but it's different. This is where leftover already cooked rice, so it can be either hot or cold, is added to soup. You, you add the already cooked rice to something and then you kind of cook it so the, the grains plump up even more and thicken the soup a bit and it's delicious. And and usually zosui is more flavorful. Kayu they keep very bland so that it's easily digestible you know, and you can feed it to, to anybody, mm-hmm. including babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and zosui is, yeah, it just has more to it. This kind of brings to mind something that I grew up with called oshizuke which is essentially green tea poured over rice. Um, they and do that's that, something that my uh, mom used to make for us every now and then. Yeah, they do that with the yaki onigiri too. You can take a yaki onigiri or a grilled rice ball and make ochazuke with it. Hmm. That sounds delicious. The only, I don't, the only teas I drink are herbal. So I actually have made ochazuke with um, uh, mugicha, which is tea made from steeping roasted barley. Mm-hmm. And that's actually quite good. I can imagine. It sounds like it'd be pretty good. Lighter, but still mm-hmm. delicious. So yay to the wonderful world of rice. Yes. And as something slightly related, we should announce that uh, we finally came up with a name for our little taco mascot. Yes. It's taken us a while because there were a couple that we liked and we didn't want to just jump into a decision. We wanted it to, we wanted to feel like something kind of stuck. And so we played around. Yes. We played around with some names and then kind of, not kind of, really just stumbled onto her name. Oh yeah, totally. We weren't even thinking of trying to come up with a name for her. (laughs) 
and, and it's then totally perfect. And then we accidentally came up with a name for her. Mm-hmm. Or really, you did. <laughs> and then I heard it and I went, oh, yes, that's her name. <laughs> of course. So we are calling her Gohan-chan. <laughs> rice girl. Yes, which we think is completely perfect because <sighs> rice is so essential to Japanese food. And Japanese food is what we do here on the Miso Hungry podcast. You cannot have Japanese food without rice. Yes, you cannot, you cannot take... have the Miso yeah. Hungry podcast without Japanese food. Yeah, you cannot take the rice out of the Japanese food. Yes. So, Gohan-chan, she is essential to our podcast and rice is essential to Japanese food. <laughs> <laughs> to finish off these two episodes all about rice with a bang, we have partnered up with our friends over at Zoji Dushi to do a giveaway. Zoji Dushi is providing an awesome state-of-the-art rice cooker for one of you, our lucky listeners. And Allison's going to explain what you need to do to have a chance at winning one. All right. So all you have to do is head on over to our show notes at misofy.com. That's M-I-S-O-F-Y.com. Leave a comment on episode 18. That's what you're listening to right now. It's the second part of our rice series. Leave a comment there and you will be entered to win. One comment per person. Unfortunately, we can only ship to people in the United States because these things are heavy. So only US addresses are eligible to win. You have two weeks this time to enter. So you have until Monday, May 21st at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time to enter. And if we haven't convinced you with all of our over-the-top fawning <laughs> over our own Zojidushi rice cookers, maybe if you win one and you try it out, you'll understand. Because seriously, you'd be insane not to love these rice cookers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Enter! Win! Woo! <laughs> so the Gohan 101 course has come to a close, but... You can keep on learning and interacting with us. You can find us in a bunch of different ways. If you want to ask us questions or leave us suggestions for the podcast, or if you have any comments about anything that we have said, or even if you have stories about anything that we've talked about or just Japanese food in general, we love to hear about you. You can call us on our phone number and leave us a message at 657 657- for MisoFi. That's 657-464-7639. If you are not in the United States and would like to call in, if you have Skype, you can call us and leave us a message on Skype. Our Skype name is Miso Hungry Podcast. So we love getting messages there. You can find us on Twitter. We are at MisoTalk. We have a Facebook fan page, and we always respond if you ask us questions or leave us comments there. You can email us at misohungrypodcast at gmail.com. We are always on misofy.com. That is M-I-S-O-F-Y dot com. 
and that is where you can find our show notes, our episodes every week, and every once in a while, our taco tidbits or a recipe. So make sure to catch up with us there. And last but not least, we always appreciate it when you leave us reviews and ratings on iTunes. It always makes our day when we see that there's a new review or a new rating there. Our Great office. way to brown nose the professors. <laughs> our office hours are always open. See the blinking neon sign? <laughs> <laughs> always open. 24-7. 24 hours. I'm Allison Day. And I'm Rachel Hutchings. And you've been listening to the Me So Hungry podcast. The podcast where Go Hanchan reigns supreme. Thank you.